0: This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy.
1: Well, hello. Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt and I'm here with the woman that Prince once said is the most beautiful girl in the world, my wife, Courtney. Courtney.
0: Oh, I paid him to say that.
1: Are you cooking dinner tonight? <laughs> did, did, that, did that get me a free dinner?
0: <laughs> no. Oh,
1: uh, okay. Well, but that
0: is a lovely introduction. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Any excuse to mention Prince on here is a good thing for me. <laughs> so, yes, I'm Matt, as always, joined by my wife, Courtney. So, we, we're taking a bit of a different approach this week. You see, we get a lot of emails asking Courtney, various questions about uh, her journey and how she deals with certain issues, overcoming certain challenges, etc. So we thought, you know what, let's do an episode where we take the best questions that Courtney gets asked the most and turn it into a bit of an interview where I'm going to interview Courtney talking about weight loss from a female's perspective. Because I personally can't speak from a female's perspective because I have never been one. Funny that. And if I have, I don't know about it. So what we're going to do is, as I said, delve into some questions that hopefully will be able to shed some light for yourself. Uh, We'll probably shed some light for me too because we can always learn more about each other and ourselves, can't we? Yeah, always. So I reckon let's just kick this bloody thing off.
0: Go straight into it.
1: All right, Courtney. So what has been your single biggest frustration since starting your journey?
0: Single biggest. And I did. I have thought about this question in the past. And this one's a really tough one for me. I find it difficult to narrow it down to just one frustration. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to split it into two. I would say my personal biggest physical frustration is the area of my body that I hate the most, which is my tummy area. It is the area I've always really carried the most weight. I've always been a very top heavy sort of a, a build. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, you know, I still had some, some good size legs before I first um, changed my lifestyle, but it was really all sort of uh, hips up. Whereas I carried the most weight. So yeah, The tummy area for me has been a massive frustration over the time. I, of course, want it to change quicker. I want it to change uh, in better ways. But unfortunately, it is what it is. And we can't pick and choose the parts of our body that lose weight first. And we also can't pick and choose how they look while they're in the process of, of shrinking.
1: Do you find then with that part of your body you dislike the most... That's the first thing you look at. Oh yeah. In a photo or in the mirror?
0: Absolutely. And again, this is this is a constant source of frustration for me because I realized ah oh, I don't I don't know how long ago now, but I realized a little bit a, a while ago that I every time I would look in the mirror to sort of gauge how I was looking. And I mean, we all do it. We all get out of the shower and then we have a have a sneak at, peek. Have a look at ourselves in the mirror and just see how, you know, Flex how we're looking. Always. Everyone does it. If someone says they don't do it, they're lying. So everyone does it <laughs> to check out some progress, especially if you're working your ass off in the gym mm. and in the kitchen to try to change your body shape. You want to have a look and see how you're going. Mm. The problem is that I discovered quite a while ago is that every time I would do that Uh, my eyes would just go straight to my tummy, straight to my stomach area. Love handles, upper tummy, lower tummy, the whole thing. That is the only place my eyes would fixate on. And that is where then I would gauge whether I had made any progress or not. So I wouldn't look at my legs, I wouldn't look at my arms, I wouldn't look at my back, I wouldn't look at my chin fat, nothing. It was just tummy and if I didn't think my tummy had changed then it was a disaster really yeah and progress had stopped so I I figured that out quite a while ago and, and I often say this to clients in the gym too which is their tummies may not be their biggest frustration it might be their hips or they might carry weight on their lower half and that might be their biggest frustration and I've often asked them if they do the same thing and usually the answer is yes. They come back to me and say, oh, yeah, I do look at my legs first. So that is a massive source of frustration. The second frustration I I think that I've had the biggest over time is in terms of emotional, which has been most people think it's emotional eating, but for me, I think even on top of emotional eating has been complacency for me. In what way? Over the years, I've tend to seen a, uh, a pattern with myself where I will do really well and start showing results and have some really fantastic sort of before and after photos to show for it. And then I'll take the foot off the pedal.
1: In what, how do you do that?
0: So I will tell myself that I can have an extra cheat meal this week because I've worked so hard for it. Ah. And oh, just one won't matter. Just one more. Just one more won't matter. I've already had one, so what's one more? I've worked so hard. I deserve this, mm. you know. Or oh, I don't have to go to the gym today. I'm just, I'm just gonna take a week off, you know. I worked so hard over the last twelve weeks. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it easy.
1: Sit on your butt for seven days and do nothing.
0: And but then the problem is that seven days turns into fourteen days. Okay. And then it just, and it, then it can just carry on. So. Um, Even with my healthy foods, I was getting to the stage where I'd be working so hard and then I got some great before and after photos. And even with my healthy food, I was still eating healthy food, but I would take the foot off the pedal in terms of making sure that that food, you know, was really colorful, that I had a whole variety of vegetables that I was eating, a variety of protein sources that I was eating. Mm. I sort of took the the concentration lapsed in that area and I would just – eat the same thing, limit my variety and it would it would slowly impact my progress and I would start to gain back what I had just lost.
1: So you're then looking at the answer to the question of what's your single biggest frustration, you've given me two. I have. Uh, okay, so how do you deal with those two?
0: Well, first off, I would tackle the tummy area first and I think with that it's just become, it was a real light bulb moment for me when I realised what I was doing and I think once you realise what you're doing in that situation and you have then can apply some common sense to it, then I think for me that was just my way of, of moving on from that. It was just realising what I was doing in terms of standing in front of the mirror, focusing on that one area that I hated the most mm which I was pretty sure was going to be the last part of myself to change. And I wasn't giving myself credit for all the other things I was doing. And that was one of the reasons as well. I wrote that uh, blog, which we turned into a, a podcast about the 10 signs you're about to lose weight. So it was all those little things that were working really well for me that I would just discount because that particular day, my tummy didn't look smaller than it did the day before. So I think once you recognize what you're doing and apply some common sense to that, it was it was not, I wouldn't I would say easy for me to overcome, but it was more realistic for me to slowly have that in, in the front of my mind and overcome it. In terms of my uh, complacency, that one's been a work in progress, I think. Definitely, it always has to be, I think, with a work in progress, with something like that. It's just been, I've, I've unfortunately had to learn the hard way over time that this is a problem and it's something that every time that now that I see great before and afters or I see that I'm making great results I have to be aware that this is something that is is something that I'm probably going to want to just do that just fall back into the habit of so it, again it's just to keep that in the forefront of my mind I've learned the hard way and I've had to adjust then every time that I see great results or have fantastic before and afters I have to reset new goals or I have to give myself a new target to aim for otherwise I think that that's where it's really easy to fall into that complacency stage if you've got nothing else to aim for I think too often we build up certain goals in our heads to be the be all or end all it's 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 it has to be that and then that's it. There's nothing beyond that yep. and I think that can be really dangerous because once you hit that, that is where sometimes you can fall back into old habits. You can let things slide because you've got nothing else to aim for. You feel like you've hit your peak and it doesn't necessarily have to be always a physical transformation to aim for but I I feel for me to get over that it's been really helpful to always aim for something. So whether it's, a goal to run a certain amount without stopping or it might be I mean, personally for me it's always been body related because I don't feel like I've ever quite got to that point where I'm really happy with my body shape so I'm always constantly trying to improve it so that's my goals are always based around that but I think for a lot of people if maybe they get to a stage where they are fantastic really happy, sorry, in terms of their body shape, maybe uh, aiming for a different style of goal, but always trying to have a goal there um, is a great way to overcome that complacency.
1: Awesome. All right. So it's common for for people, I mean, not just females, but for people in general, but we're talking about the female perspective here, to have body image issues. Uh, have you had any yourself so, you know, obviously, since being a teenager, growing up into an adult, have you had any struggles with body image issues, uh, and how has your self perception changed over the years?
0: Yeah, I've definitely struggled with body image issues. In what way? I, th- well, I was always the big girl at school. Mm. I was always a big girl, and you know, I was active. I played a lot of sport, but I was still always the big girl. I was not healthy in terms of watching what I ate when I was younger. I ate a lot of junk food, and so I was always that that big girl. So I was self conscious back then because all of my friends were smaller than me. So already I was self conscious of the fact that I was bigger. I got picked on in school, not not to an extent that I I you know really struggled with, hated going to school, things like that. I would definitely be wary of of certain people at school. I didn't want to go near them because they would say comments, you know, Miss Piggy, things like that. It wasn't, thankfully for me, relentless, so I was able to get through it, but I was definitely that self, uh, that body image issue definitely started from school when I started to realize that I was bigger than all the girls around me. And then it traveled through over the years because when I hit sort of 17, I stopped playing sport. So then I continued to put on weight. I started working in a job where I was on the road a lot. So I would stop and get takeaway all the time. I was eating just a massive amount of takeaway every week. So the weight just kept going up and up and up. So then I really became even more self-conscious of the fact that I was getting bigger And I didn't look the way that I wanted to look. I wasn't confident. I wouldn't really go out clubbing or anything like that. I wasn't confident with the way that I looked. So I didn't want to get dressed up and go out. So yeah, it did start to really affect my self-esteem as well there. So I would rather than go out, I would sit at home, watch movies and eat chocolate and ice cream. So it was just fueling the, the, the cycle of just adding on more
1: weight. Uh, how do you move past it?
0: I hit a point where I just was tired of it. I was, at the time, I was sort of seeing a guy, sort of not seeing a guy and decided that that wasn't going anywhere. So thought, you know, I've, I've got to get myself out there more and I really want to meet someone who actually wants to be with me and that loves me. And,
1: and now you're stuck with me. Yeah. How'd that work out for you?
0: Uh, that's a whole other podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, uh, yeah, I was tired of, of being alone. I was tired of sitting in my bedroom on Saturday nights watching movies and eating junk food. Mm. I wanted to go out and do things and just wasn't confident in the way that I looked. So I asked my local gym and it did take me, it took me about three weeks. of I went to the gym regularly regularly. But didn't do much. And it took me about three weeks. I decided that I was going to ask the people at the gym for a recommendation in terms of a personal trainer. But I would go there and I would say, I'd walk on my treadmill and I would say, yep, on the way out, I'm going to ask. Today's the day. Today's the day and then i would walk out and i would not ask i would something would happen i'd just be like no 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 i'll ask i'll ask next, next week. time yeah next week so it took me it did take me a good 3 or 4 weeks i think to actually get up the courage to ask to even ask someone for recommendation and this particular day there was one of the i think the sales reps on the on the front counter and asked me what my goal was and i said you know it's obviously i wanted to lose weight and he recommended Matt as a fantastic trainer. Now I know better.
1: (laughs) I pay well. I pay well.
0: Now he recommended Matt and that's how we met and uh, went from there. And I think the biggest thing for me was that when I first met Matt, he didn't sort of talk down to me and I felt really comfortable talking to him about my weight goals. and, And the thing was as well that, Matt, you'll probably remember, but you were really realistic with me when we first met. You have to be in telling me how long it was going to be, how hard it was going to be, <laughs> what what I had to do, what I had to change, mm. and these sort of things. And it was really refreshing to not feel like I was just going to pay someone money for nothing and get nothing. Because you know I've had personal trainers in the past, and they've just taken my money to do workouts, and that's been it. But I felt really comfortable with that. And then I, th- I felt like things shifted from there, but it was the initial snap point of wanting to make a change for me, wanting to get out, wanting to meet people, tired of having no social life and not doing anything that really made the change.
1: So how do you go now with body image?
0: I still struggle sometimes, and I, I think that's very common for most women. I th- I think all women, women out there have a perception, I think, that that there's certain people who maybe have the goal body that they want or that person must be thrilled and never have any doubts, which I th- I think is complete bullshit. I think I, I I know some women who are in absolutely ripping shape and even sometimes they have doubts. And so I think it's totally natural for women these days to have certain doubts what I think takes it beyond that is when it starts going into a a different sort of area where you're you're doubting yourself constantly where you're putting yourself down that sort of thing so go sorry I'm listening oh (laughs) you looked at me like you had something to say
1: oh no (laughs) I I rarely do
0: (laughs) now I've lost my train of thought what was the question
1: what was the question? How's your body image now? Oh,
0: yes. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. So I definitely still have some doubts sometimes, but I think that I'm really confident with the way that I look. I, I I can say that at the same time. I can say that I'm really confident with the way that I look and that I sometimes have doubts, but I'll, all in all, I'm really confident with my body. I really love my shape and I'm continuing to love it more and more as I develop it and change it. I love my curves. I've never not wanted to be a curvy person. I remember, Matt, you might not remember, but I remember when I first met you and we first had a talk about me changing my lifestyle. The first thing I said to you was, I really don't want to lose all my boobs and I don't want to be really skinny. Well, that happened to me. And I remember you telling me that you can't can't judge how your body's going to change when you lose weight. No, you can't. So, but I'm thankful that I haven't really lost all my boobs. That so am I. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't lost uh, all my shape, and in fact, I've actually developed more shape. I've worked really hard to develop my booty, as you know, Matt, and my leg shape. Hashtag
1: booty gains. Booty gains.
0: So I'm really happy with the way that I look, and yeah, of course, sometimes I have doubts, but for me now, they they are. Uh, Few and getting more and more few and far between and they last less time. I sort of have that moment of doubt and then I sort of snap out of it and say, hang on a second, Courtney, you know you look great. You know you're happy. Let's move on.
1: All right. So moving on to the next question, how have you struggled and how much have you struggled with comparing yourself to others and is it still an issue?
0: Hugely struggled. With this, this is a massive topic for me, and I've hugely like, like it's been massive in the past how okay. much I've compared myself to others. Elaborate. It is. It. It was probably when we first when I um when I first started to change my lifestyle. It was one of my biggest problems that was holding me back. That and emotional eating, but comparing myself to others has just been. It over the years, it's. I, it's definitely got worse and worse, and I, and I think it's got worse and worse because of social media. I know a lot of people blame a lot of things on social media, but we're on it so much. Of course, our lives are going to be influenced by what's on there. I think as well, it'd be over the last quite a few years, but it's definitely over the last few years it's got really big, which is definitely the fitness model style going around. You know, I think years and years ago, no one wanted muscles. You know, it wasn't the trend. The wafer-thin sort of model, catwalk model style, that was the trend. That's what everyone wanted to look the like. The stick insect. Yeah. And I think over the last few years, it's really changed. And whether you like, you know, whether you like people like the Kardashians or not, they really have been part of that change where people now want those sort of curves and they want the abs and they want the... the the muscles without looking too muscular but they want visible muscles these days things like that so I think with that sort of trend shift obviously now with social media as well so many of these photos are put online and automatically our brains think to ourselves oh I want to look like that why don't I look like that and there's two problems with that automatic thinking that way whereas one you don't Oh, half the time you think that, and I'm, I've been guilty of it as well, I don't actually want to look like the person that I'm saying that about. I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at social media and I see this beautiful girl and I see she's got a banging body and she's in a bikini and I automatically think to myself, oh, why don't I look like her? And then you stop to think and you think, well, I actually don't want to look like her.
1: So why do you think because that?
0: Because she has a shape that I actually don't find desirable but it's it's an automatic thing i think because it comes down to the negative feelings that we feel about ourselves we hate our own bodies so much that we see a body that is in what we would consider fashionable shape and we think oh i've got to look like that well i think first off is what happened with me is that i had to stop and think hang on a second do i actually want to look like her and usually the answer was no and the second thing that i've learned over the years of doing this is that That shot on Facebook or Instagram probably took about 500 times to get that one photo. Or a long video. Or a long video and then, yeah, and that is what happens as well and I've done it whereas I've videoed myself doing an exercise or something like that and then I go through and pause it on a spot where I like it and I'll take a screenshot of it Mm. and then post that photo. So there are so many times that happens where... I think in the past I've known that was the case. But again, until you stop and actually look at it, you take a step back and actually look at it and think, hang on a second, okay, so now I'm comparing myself to someone who potentially I don't even really want to look like. And they've just taken 500 photos to get that one photo. So the chances are high that they don't actually walk around looking like that. So you just what i've learned is that i was setting myself up for failure basically i was setting myself up to compare myself to someone who it was it was not something that i wanted to be or do you know they might live a lifestyle that i don't want that i don't find desirable that i might have to cut too many things out of my lifestyle that yeah so it was it was it's a big thing it's a big thing where it really had to sink into my brain and I had to take a step back and look at it again in common sense and I think a lot of the time when we go through this process we tend to lose our common sense and it's really easy to do but I had to take a step back and I had to turn on turn the common sense switch on in my brain and look at it from a different way and just say I can now appreciate girls on social media or online or in the magazines for what they've been able to achieve in terms of getting that body but I don't, I rarely now, I'm not going to say I never do it, but I rarely now look at somebody and say, I wish I looked like her. Because you've got to understand that there's a whole background there that you're not aware of. You don't know what that girl is doing in terms of her exercise or food routine. You don't know that she might not stay like that year round. You know, there's plenty of girls who get up on stage to compete and have these ripping bodies, but that's only for that short time that they compete. And then they have an off-season body, which, you know, you don't see. Very rarely does anyone post the off-season body. So there's a whole story behind that. And I think now if I just tend to look at those things in terms, like with a very, um, I don't know what the word is, but from instead of just looking at it and think all positive things, I tend to look at it and think straight away about, ah. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to live the way to look like that or I don't know what she does to look like that, so I'm not even going to think about it. Mm-hmm. So that's been my th- way of getting over it. As I said, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect and never think about it, but it's just a constant having to turn my common sense switch on in my brain to say, hang on a second, take a step back, I'm doing okay, just focus on myself and what I'm doing and what I need to improve on and stop focusing on people that I don't know and that aren't going to help me get to where I want to be.
1: Okay, excellent. So we also know so a lot of women, well, I mean, people in general, but so many women struggle with self-confidence, lack yeah. thereof. How have you developed yours? Because you just said before that, you know, you love, you love your body shape now. You appreciate what you've got. You appreciate what you've done. How have you developed your confidence over time?
0: It's definitely been a slow process for me and I can't say there was any sort of one thing that really nailed it for me. But I think that one of the biggest things for me has been to – and it might sound weird, but one of the biggest things for me in developing my self-confidence has been not being afraid to look silly. And it, it really has been. And that and that goes for in the gym, out of the gym, taking photos, not taking photos. I know when um, – When Matt, you remember when we first opened the gym and I was doing some photos and some videos and things like that, I would – like we would have – oh, you remember, Matt. You remember the fights we would have on me doing a photo or a video. Mm. We would have the biggest rip-roaring fights about me doing it because I just refused – I just refused to do it. I just did not want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Good times. And it came down to – I just didn't want to look bad. I didn't want to look bad in front of other people. I didn't want to look silly. I. It was just a complete area for me that was just a no-go zone, just totally afraid to step outside of my little shell mm. and do anything. But the problem with that is I wasn't helping to improve my self-confidence. So I had to step out and I had to do things that maybe push me outside my comfort zone, but at the end of the day, I'm did I look silly in some videos? Probably. Do I take the best photos? No. Nope. But I got to the stage where I wasn't afraid to do it and just post it up and just talk to people and talk to them about my opinion. And if people agreed with me, then great. If they didn't, great. I used to get so worried that if I gave my opinion, people weren't going to agree with me. And that would be an issue. I would look silly. So, I think that's been one of the biggest things for me in developing my self-confidence has been obviously working on my body shape and becoming more confident in terms of my own body and my own skin and learning to love my body shape. But I think at the same time, it's also been putting myself out there in terms of not being afraid to look silly. So trying things out at the gym that I probably would never have tried before. Putting myself out there in terms of videos or advice for other people in terms of um photos the amount of times that I would take when I first started putting stuff out there on social media I would t- I would I'd be one of those people that would take 500 photos and then pick one because I would take a photo no nah, I don't like it take another oh no nah, I don't like it oh bad angle oh bad lighting oh I'll just stand over here oh, I'll change my hair and then I'll take another one so now if Matt says let's take a photo for Our gym page or something like that. If I'm not wearing makeup, I'm still taking the photo. So, you know, do I look my best? No, but that's okay. You've. I think for me, I've really had to develop that idea of it's okay to look silly sometimes. Everybody does.
1: So what you're saying is when you give less fucks. life's a bit more enjoyable.
0: It's a really shorter way of putting it, and I maybe should have just started with that, but yes. <laughs> yes, definitely giving less fucks has helped. Obviously, it goes without saying that working on my body and improving my body shape and really coming to terms with the way I want to look, so rather than going with the uh, body type of what's fashionable at the time, really think about the way you personally want to look. So I personally um, decided that I wanted to look a certain way and still have my curves and that sort of thing. So that's the body shape I've aimed to achieve and I'm achieving that. So that adds to my self-confidence but also putting yourself out there and not being afraid to fail or not being afraid to look bad.
1: Okay, excellent. Helps with that too, yeah. All right, so moving on to the next one. You've been very willing to put out there that you are an emotional eater. I mean, let's be fair everyone is an emotional eater mm. but there's obviously different types i really emotional eating is is part of how we as part of our relationship with food yeah how how has it worked for you in terms of your relationship with food emotional eating and how have you how have you learned to make it work for you have you learned to make it work for you
0: i have actually and and it's, it has not been easy and i'm not gonna again sit here and say i'm perfect and i never make mistakes because i definitely do sometimes i let my emotions get the better of me and i need to again take a step back and and just readjust on my goals and then go forward again but for the most part i have been able to over to mostly overcome this problem and for me it it's it's always been an overeating, emotional eating problem. I think when people talk about emotional eating, people automatically think, oh, you just eat too much garbage. But I've known people that have emotional have emotional eating problems where they eat too less, or they skip meals because of emotional states, things like that. So I think it can it can transfer to both sides of the coin. Um, for me, it has definitely been the overeating side, where I would be feeling down or I would be feeling happy or, you know, I would celebrate with food. And I think we've spoken about this in the past, Matt, with your emotional eating as well where you tend to celebrate when you're happy Mm -hmm. and you've got something to celebrate so you'll eat more, whereas I was definitely, I would think more on the uh, feeling down side of things where I would eat more. I would sit, again, you know, back... When I was younger, I didn't really have a social life. I worked every weekend. I went straight into sort of the hospitality uh, side of work straight out of school. So I worked every weekend. So I didn't go out much at night because I would have worked all day and I just was so tired. I would just go home. So I didn't have much of a social life. So I was, I was lonely and I was bored and I would just go home and watch a movie. And before I knew it, I was eating a whole block of chocolate and a liter of ice cream. So, and I would just, the amount of food that I would go through and it really wasn't until I sort of then saw the empty wrappers and I would think, oh shit, I ate a lot. And I knew it was wrong because I would get embarrassed about it and I would hide the rubbish. So my mum didn't see how much I was eating. So I knew it was wrong, but it was an unconscious thing. So I was feeling down or I was bored and I would eat. So that was, and it just became so routine for me that it was just the way it happened. But in terms of how I overcome that again, I don't think there's one uh, solution that anyone can just apply to this. I think that for me it, it it helped that I sort of went through that snap point where I really wanted to make a change in my life. So I was motivated to make that change and then I was dedicated once I set a goal for myself. So that helped me. Uh, try to slightly overcome that emotional eating because I was dedicated to that goal. I still definitely made mistakes over the years and let that creep back into my life. It's been a habit that I've had to overcome. And I think that it's been really helpful for me personally to set boundaries for myself. So I'm never going to be someone that is going to go through a week without having something sweet or some sort of treat. That's just not me. It's not the lifestyle I ever want to lead where I cut everything out of my life. So for me, the boundary setting has been really, really helpful in this. So I eat what I usually eat all week, but I will always have one to two treats each week. So I'll always aim for one. And if I have a a second one, then that's okay. But I won't make it any more than two. So it'll be... As I said, it'll always be set. That one a week will always be set. So at the start of the week, it it generally is on the weekend. So it's either Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And usually Matt and I will have a bit of a date day or go to the movies and then have dinner or lunch afterwards. So I will make usually that my treat where I'll have basically anything I want and then something sweet afterwards, some sort of dessert. So whether usually it's ice cream because I'm a bit of an ice cream nut. So love my ice cream. So usually it's a bit of ice cream. So that has really helped me with that emotional eating side because it's given me a boundary. So whenever I'm feeling down or I'm feeling like I really want some sugar or I really want to hit, I have to tell myself no because if you have it now, you can't have it when you're scheduled to have it on the weekend. So if I have it now, I can't have my date with Matt on the weekend So it's been that sort of boundary setting that's really helped me get through that.
1: Excellent. So final question. Shoot. You've mentioned as well that when you were, you know, your early days at the gym consisted of pounding the treadmill.
0: Yes. Well, pounding is a loose term.
1: Uh, Okay. Walking. (laughs) Walking. Walking on the treadmill. How did you overcome the common female fear of lifting weights?
0: And it definitely was a fear. Yep. It definitely was a fear when I first started. And it was only a fear because it was a fear of unknown. I'd just never done it. So it's just that fear of, oh, I won't do that.
1: Were you afraid of That's an outcome? That's
0: not for me. There was definitely a part of me that thought I was going to look like a boy. Yes. <laughs> There was definitely a part of me that thought, nah, I'm going to get really big and muscly and I don't want to look like that.
1: Because that's very easy to do.
0: Well, yes. Once, you, once I started to get educated on the topic, I realized that it's actually not that easy to do. I wish now it was that easy to do, but yeah. it's not. So... Yeah, that was definitely a fear when I first started. And again, I think it just came down to being uh, ignorant of the process. Like I didn't know about it. I didn't know anyone who lifted weights. I didn't have any older brothers. I only had older sisters and none of them did that style of training. They did sort of cardio style training. So I never knew anybody who actually went to the gym to lift weights. I wasn't familiar with with the area, with the equipment, with the with the exercises to do, or with the outcome of what the benefits were on your body and why people did it. I just thought that boys did it because they just didn't like to do cardio.
1: That is also true.
0: And to get strong. And I just thought girls did it because they were bodybuilders. Yeah. That was literally the only people I thought that lifted weights. So I was really just ignorant of, of any sort of education around it. And the only time I'd go into the weights area at my uh, previous commercial gym that I was at was because the water fountain was on the other side of the weights room. Hmm. So I had to walk through the weights area to get to the water fountain and I would walk straight back out again. So that was my whole education of the weights room was to walk through it to the water fountain. So I think getting over that fear was basically, um, well, meeting you, Matt, and you telling me that my training was going to be weight training. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, It was a pretty good way of getting over the fear because you said, "This is what we're
1: doing." Were you nervous about that?
0: I was definitely nervous. Definitely nervous. And I think I remember telling you when we first met, oh, "I don't want to look like a boy." <laughs> um, and I think I think you laughed at me then and said, "Oh, if only it was that simple <laughs> mm. to look to 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 gain that much muscle." Yeah. So I think that it was comforting to obviously have you there and talk me through it. But I think the biggest comfort came from actually me reading about the benefits of weight training and why it was important and why people did it. And then that sort of light bulb moment went off and I thought, oh, I see now. I can understand this now. Why wasn't I doing this years ago? Why was I wasting my time on the treadmill, which I hate?
1: So to be fair, not, not every female out there is going to have someone in their life like you did with me, that will say, hey, you're doing weights, the end. Yes. What advice would you give to, to a female listening to us right now that you know, works out by herself at the gym and is terrified of the weights room?
0: I would definitely say that, A, you won't look like a boy and you won't look like a bodybuilder for doing it. So just get that thought out of your head to start off with. Mm-hmm. The weights area can be really intimidating It can be so intimidating to go in there. I know the the sort of big, muscly guys that go in there. There's tradies in there. There's usually um, females that might be in much like better shape than you are. So it's a really intimidating place to be in. But I can guarantee you that ninety percent, ninety five percent of the people that are in that weights room also don't know what they're doing. (laughs) like literally they don't also don't know what they're doing they might look confident in the exercises that they're doing but most of them have no idea and they're also flying by the seat of their pants and they're (laughs) just copying the last person that they saw do that exercise (laughs) in the gym Boom. well they is that right
1: you tell me. You're telling the story.
0: I think that that's right. So I think that that's the mentality that I have sometimes where I I'm, mean, if I'm going yes. into a gym where and I still get the the nerve sometimes if I'm traveling and I'm going to into a gym that is obviously not a gym I've ever been in before because I'm away and I've got to do my workout. So I just go to a local gym and do a, a workout. And I go in there and sometimes you start to think, oh, God, this is going to be awkward. But... I'd then switch on that mentality of I tell myself, oh, well, everyone in here doesn't know what they're doing either. (laughs) And whether that's true or not is beside the point, really. It's it's how it makes you feel. It gives you more confidence to walk in there and say, you know what, it doesn't matter. And again, it comes down to as well not being afraid to look bad, not being afraid to potentially ask for help if you need it Mm. from someone, you know, at the gym, but to just take it slow, to go in there, feel your way through it. So start, you know, low weights. You're not going to go in there and rock weights as soon as you get in there. It's about feeling your way through it. It's about feeling how the movement feels with your body and then slowly going from there. But the number one recommendation I would have is just to educate yourself on the benefits of what you're doing. Because I feel like it's that saying, what's your favorite saying, Matt, with the the fish? The fish thing.
1: Oh, the fish thing. Yeah. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime.
0: Yeah, I love that saying. So that's
1: not my saying, though. I stole it.
0: I know you did. I know you didn't come up with that. I'm not Please. that good. No, I know that.
1: Um, <laughs> well, shots fired. <laughs>
0: sorry, but sorry, that's, no, sorry. No, I love that saying because, and it applies to this so well, is that anyone can go in there and and just show you the exercises to do. But if you educate yourself on why weights are important and the best weights to do for the changes of your body that you want to make, then you can take that education with you long-term and you can take it with you for the rest of your life.
1: I think also, I mean, you look at the most successful transformations out there, what training have they been doing? Yeah. I mean, the old old saying there is success leaves clues.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Mm. Cool. I reckon that's a wrap.
0: All the questions.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's uh, we've uh, we've gone pretty long today.
0: Yeah, I hope. Um, yeah, sugar. Sorry. Um, I hope uh, I hope that has answered the questions. I could talk for days, so I do apologise really? for the long, really Would, no, for the long podcast. No um, I hope that has answered the questions pretty clearly. But obviously, if you uh, if if you want more clarification on anything I've spoken about, or if there was a question that you wished I had have answered and didn't, please send them through to podcast at the pos- at theweightlosspodcast.com start again podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com and I will answer those in future episodes
1: excellent well hopefully this has helped thank you Courtney for the insights we will call this a show high five boom Uh, let's wrap it up we will see you soon bye
0: get more free tips listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com